you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, hey, hey do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the group? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Hafiz, and with me, as always, is Devin. And we are getting ready to talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, starting off with AEW, All Elite Wrestling, Dynamite, the show from this past Wednesday. Uh, just to talk, we're going to run through the entire card, uh, everything that happened during the night. Uh, definitely a fun night of wrestling, for sure. Uh, definitely a, a much-needed break from uh, the WWE product with all the things going on there. Yes, it was. Um, Hell in a Cell, especially. Oh, my God. Yes. So just seeing AEW was like, okay, this, let's, this. Let's forget about that. Let's yeah. get on MIB flash memory thing, Majig, and just <laughs> never flash happened. Thingy. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know, what, man? The Hell in a Cell? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What happened? Yeah, did that happen? That happened? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, this was this was just so great, just uh, experiencing this and, and watching the AEW product. And, yeah, just right from the start, uh, they got into the tag team tournament. Um, which basically is going to crown the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions. And the yeah. first matchup were, was the Young Bucks versus Private Party, which is Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Um, yeah, this matchup, wow. I mean, they started off with, uh, with a little video package just talking about having um, uh, the Young Bucks talk about how they still believe they're the best tag team. Yes. Uh, and, you know, how they showed the video of them. Uh, talking about how they wanted to deliver the best tag team wrestling in the world. Uh, essentially, uh, backstage, they're uh, uh, responsible for the tag team division and signing some of the tag teams and bringing them along in this company. So, you know, there's the two sides that they play, you know, both, you know, as as brass, you know, kind of putting together the division, but also being stars in the division as well. So you kind of got the sense of that. Um, and then you have Private Party, again, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy just talking about they wanted to show uh, uh, the Young Bucks and really the, uh, the company why they had signed them. Uh, they're relatively unknown uh, tag team, so or at least compared to all the other tag teams there. Um, so this was kind of their moment to, to shine a little bit. And, you know, commentary was putting them over to saying that they're real confident and right. they're like a young version of the Young Bucks uh, yeah. from the day. So, uh, yeah, I just, again, really love, like, this is two weeks in a row where that first matchup, the opening match, they started it off with a video package to kind of build it up and get, and get the, the anticipation going and help tell the story of yeah. why the match was important. So I really like that beginning of it. What was your thoughts on that, just even just the beginning? I, I thought it really set the tone right here. It, it gave, once again, that sports atmosphere energy, man. Yeah. Like, you know, making it feel, you know, important you know, and shining a bright light, uh, just not on the Young Bucks, on Private Party as well. Uh, I like that. I like the video uh, package as well. I thought it was excellent. And, man, real talk, WWE can learn a lesson how to do tag team right away and SmackDown if you're trying to go for that sport atmosphere. I, I think AEW is knocking out of the park right now, setting the tone with Rins of Records, and they talk about that all the time throughout the commentary as well, by the way. I just want to say that, which I think is important, but that's how I felt about in the beginning of this, man. Yeah, that's a great point about just the WWE being able to take note on that because they they really, in a very subtle, simple way with, again, just I think the way they open it up and, and talking about what it means to each star, it reminds me you know, in a way of like how in UFC, for instance, they'll do this a lot where before fight starts, you know, they'll have a little bit of a video package for, you know, each each uh, uh, fighter to talk about, you know, you know, the the other competitor and like, oh, they know they they've studied them. They know them. They're going to win the fight because of this, this, and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you'll see that sometimes on the UFC cards and the main event. Definitely. They have a big video package for that, too. 
And WWE, you know, from time to time, they will do that for the, during their pay-per-views. Um, but during the actual, uh, like, Raw or SmackDown telecast, we really don't see a whole lot of that building up the match that's going to happen that night. Usually if they're showing a video package, it's all for the pay-per-view. It's all like a hype video to get you ready for what's going to happen for the big money show. You yeah. know, we're not treating Raw or SmackDown matches as that big money card re- on the regular. Sometimes they'll do it because um, there's special occasions where you'll have, like, you know, Brock go against Kofi Kingston for the title on SmackDown, let's say. But, you know, normally it's not like that, where they're they're consistently just building up their match. Especially, like, again, this is an opening match. They're starting yeah. off the show <laughs> with a video package to build up a match that's happening right now. Like, that's crazy. So, you know, kudos to them for that. Like you said, I really, I really like that touch. And the wins and losses, like, I, I do love the fact that they're using that and they're talking about it constantly. My one nitpick with this that yeah. I, I kind of was a little unclear of was – they said that the Young Bucks were the number one seed, which makes a whole lot of sense. But Private Party being the eighth seed, I don't know that that makes much sense because they beat one of the other tag teams at their last pay-per-view. And so I would have thought that Private Party would have had a higher ranking because of that. But, you know, they they don't. You know, like they're they're the, the lowest seed, which um, I'm forgetting the, the name of that team, but it's that team with the, the all green that just turned heel. Um, they uh, some Angelico? Yeah, and there you go. That him and his tag team partner, they yeah. uh, get you know just doing the math there. They're they have a higher seed, but they also talk about how they've never won. You know, they're winless yet. You know, private yeah. party beat Angelico and his, and his partner. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. But it's somebody else throughout the show who brought that uh, up as well. The, uh, well, later on, the that's, yeah, that's true. So I so here's where we can give them a little bit of. A benefit of the doubt is they can make those decisions, but then having those wrestlers bring that up too and saying, hey, wait a minute, I have a better record or, you know, why the hell is this person and this person getting an opportunity and I'm not and I'm undefeated or I've beaten this person, blah, blah, blah. Like that can be a point of contention too. So you can make those decisions, but then incorporate that in the story too. And that way, you know, you can use that for drama. Like that one time where the WWE had the power rankings, and, you know, I forget who was that had a problem with the rankings. Maybe it was like Randy Orton or somebody. Oh, uh, man. You bring that up? Oh, my I'm God. Just, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you make decisions, if you make decisions, you know, to, to rank things a certain way or, you know, for a tournament, seed people a certain way, and there's a clear point of contention, use it in the story. You know, actually yeah. use that in the story. I think that's a good way to to use the sports field too, because like in the NFL or in the NBA or any sport, if you have a better record, you should be higher seeded. And a team is going to have a problem with being a lower seed if they have a better record than their opponent. And that that's going to be a big problem for any. So I like the fact that they would incorporate in that that in the story. And in the fight game, I think that does happen too. Like again, using UFC as an example or even boxing yeah. as an example. It's not always that the top-ranked wrestler will get that or the top-ranked fighter will get that uh, championship opportunity first. I mean, sometimes, you know, you will see... Just cut clear and dry, man. It's not. It's not. Sometimes you'll see the number three-ranked fighter get the championship shot or the number five-ranked fighter get a championship shot, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, just this uh, recently, I mean, Israel Adesanya was fighting for the middleweight uh, championship in UFC... And he was the interim champion. He won that 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 belt. Um, so that happened there. But there will be some times where you'll see, like, maybe he'll go against a number four or five ranked guy to figure out who. Because I think the guy he went against wasn't number two or three or whatever. So anyway, it's not always clear cut. But use it in the story is my is my point there. And we'll get into that because someone did actually bring bring something like that up, which was pretty cool. Yeah, but well. um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get in that. I, I love that segment, too. But um, yeah, just uh, getting back to this matchup. So um, yeah, they did the, they did the video package that was great, and then uh, the match itself, man. I mean, both of these teams like they really brought it all. Like this could have been a main event for a pay per view. Just it could have, it could have, but it kicked off the show and it was great. Yeah, just fast paced. I mean, both teams just pulling out all the stops. Um, you know, the, the, the young bucks, you know, kind of they they the story being told is, Hey, we're the vets. We're supposed to win this, this fight. We're better than you. And yeah, they're definitely going against the upstarts private party who had a lot of confidence. They weren't scared. They yeah. weren't backing down. 
Um, there was a point where uh, I forget which one of the young bucks did this, but he spit out his gum and and, and spit in his, the other guy's face. And uh, Isaiah, Matt. Matt, okay, yeah, yeah, I think it was Matt Jackson. Yeah, spit his gum in, in Isaiah's face, and then that you know pissed off Isaiah. Turned around, kind of was like, all right, the, now it's a fight. You know, damn the respect. Yeah. You know, we're gonna go and brawl, and so it got it picked up a little bit there. Man, there were some crazy high spots. There was there was one where uh, it was this like. Uh, what was it like a power bomb situation? But I, th- I think this one may have been Matt too, where he kind of did a leapfrog over. I think it was Isaiah had him in power bomb position. Isaiah is on the the side apron, and then he grabs him, and instead of just power bombing him right there on the mat, yeah. he kind of goes maybe another ten feet, like Takes just kind of nice running power. Oh. <laughs> Man, he just kept going. I'm like, that wasn't even a high spot. That was just a good spot right there. It was there. just a good spot, right? It was just yeah. a good spot, that one. I, I mean, think to me, I thought, I thought that was the best spot because Isaiah was out for a while. Like, he didn't move. Like, yeah. sometimes when uh, they kind of focused the, uh, the in-ring action to, in the ring, you kind of saw Isaiah in the background still not moving. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was, I thought, really fun. And I, I can't remember the last time I saw – someone do that like you know Seth Rollins is the running powerbomb but you know this one it was like usually you see someone just again powerbomb them right there on the mat on the outside and here you know again just seeing the running uh powerbomb go almost up to the top of the ramp almost I don't know that was that was pretty funny to me so I really like that, that was sick man because I was like when is Matt gonna stop <laughs> <laughs> Cause he was going for a while, and wow, just powerbomb right on the ramp, and yeah. it, it looked good visually. And you know, Isaiah just sold it, and he he didn't move for at least five six minutes. So he, he that was some good selling right there from Private Party. Love that. Another one of my my favorite spots was uh, with Mark Quinn when he took the hot tag and did. I, man, I don't know, was it three or four like suicide dive. Got back in the ring, uh, uh, over the top rope, uh, a flip onto uh, one of the young bucks. Got back in the ring, did like a back flip over the top rope. I mean, it was just like nonstop, one move after another, after another, and the crowd was eating it up. It, it's this that dude. I mean, both of them are really talented. You know, Isaiah and Mark Quinn, they're both talented, but Mark Quinn stands out a little bit to me. With just whenever he comes in, there's a little bit more electricity that happens. Like, you know, the crowd feels it. You can definitely sense it that he just brings just something a little bit extra. So that that's that spot right there. I was like, oh, man. I mean, the, the other spot I really enjoyed. But my favorite spot was that one for sure. Because, again, Mark Quinn it was like, man, this guy can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, man. Most definitely, man. This dude was just hopping all over when he got that hot tag. Uh I think my second favorite spot would be the when they did the gin and juice and oh, uh, got the near finish. Oh my God. I, I, I hopped out of my seat on that one, man, or hopped out of my couch on that one. And I was like, Oh my God, I thought they had him. But uh, even towards the end, uh, they got that. What was it? The small package roll up. And yeah. yeah. And Mac Jackson, I believe it, it was on him, right? I think so. Yeah, man. And he just looked like, <laughs> he like, you know, I guess yeah, we they, they got one over on us. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. I think it was Matt. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, just that gin and juice finish finisher is is really cool. Hurricane Rana yeah. into an RKO, basically into a cutter move, is just real nice. And I love that name for it, man. Like, it just yeah, great job by them. <laughs> You're just it's just awesome. It's just awesome. That whole thing is great. Gin and juice. Oh, oh my goodness. So, but yeah, just um, the win. So, yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit. So, the roll-up uh, pin by Mark Quinn on on Matt Jackson. Um, did you see that coming? Did you see um, the private party beating uh, the Young Bucks, or did you think it was going to go the other way? I caught. I thought that maybe it could have went either way because you know, I, once again, I'm thinking this is not WWE. WWE, you know. If this was WWE, the Young Bucks would get over. So I was like, maybe, you know, uh, was it? Uh, I forgot their name. Private Party. Yeah. Uh, Private Party, once they possibly could go over, Young Bucks might put them over, man, because that's what they just might do. And 
So it, it, to me, it was either way. That's how I felt. Yeah. So first, my first reaction when this match even got put together and I saw that it was going to be uh, the Young Bucks versus Private Party, I was like, wow, I almost wish this wasn't the first round matchup because Private Parties looked looked really good in their last matchup at, at AEW's last pay-per-view event. Yeah. Um, and of course, Young Bucks are just, you know, they're the Young Bucks, you know, they're awesome. So I felt like it would have been cool to just have this as a as a matchup closer to the final. Um, and when the the brackets came out and I, it showed that the two of them were going to go against each other, I'm like, man, the Young Bucks are going to have to win this because, you know, they they are just this the, the the best tag team that they have in AEW. So it just makes sense to kind of push them forward and then maybe put over another team, like, again, closer to the final or in the final um, to, to, to give that championship matchup when it happens a little bit more prestige. Um, as the, they did the promos in the beginning, I started to kind of think, you know, I could see private party winning this matchup, like just the way that they sold private party, um, and the way, again, the confidence that they had and the story they were telling the ring and the almost not heelish cockiness, but there was a cockiness to the young bucks that kind of, you know, they, they were trying to show up private party a little bit and saying, Hey, you know, like nice try kids, but. You know, the adults are here and we're going to win this matchup and we're the best tag team and we're supposed to win this matchup, you know. And again, Private Party just did not back down. So you could feel that that potential as the match was going on for Private Party to win the matchup. And once it happened, you know, it was it was somewhat still shocking. But I think they told the story in a way that made it work, that made it believable. And I wasn't even mad that the Young Bucks were were out of the, the tournament at that point. I was actually really happy for Private Party. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great way to put them over. I think it's yep. a great way to separate the Young Bucks from this tournament and now make it about all these other teams versus exactly. the Young Bucks. You know, so it just it just totally makes sense. So it's yeah, like, kudos. talent. Yeah, yeah. New yeah. stars. That's how you get mm-hmm. people to watch. You know, it's not like the same old tag teams, right? <laughs> the young Bucks don't need this necessarily. They, they don't know. need this situation. They've, they've, they. People know and respect the Young Bucks already, but all these other teams, they're they're hungry and they they need that exposure to to help get them over overall. So you know, there was, it starts off with Private Party and putting them over by having the the Young Bucks lose to them. So that's great. And you know, just moving forward, I think that it will see more of that happening. You know, hopefully. To, to me, I think the next one would be SCU losing to whoever. But I'm a little more concerned about what may happen there. And, again, you, you mentioned it, too. Like, we're so used to WWE booking that yeah. there's kind of that preconceived notion like, oh, you know, it, they're going to put over the older guys. And, and you know, the, the young guys, they're going to wait. They're going to hold off. They're going to hold off. They're going to hold off like WWE always does. But here, with the Young Bucks losing, it kind of gives me a little bit of hope that, all right, SCU won't be, you know, just running through this tournament and get to the final and 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 beat all of the the lesser known quote unquote talent. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see. I'm excited for this tournament, man, and to see yeah. a company that respects and loves tag team wrestling, you know, like this, and put on a show like that, man. It, it was really fun. It was, man. I think it was a shining example of putting on the best tag team uh, display right here. And this was a, a great uh, match, and I enjoyed it. Uh, so I look forward, you know, to the next tournament, uh, to the next round. Uh, because to me, the Young Bucks and Private Party, they just showed me, like, all right, it's, it's basically a, it's open house. Anybody can get it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, so it's yeah. totally unexpected. unexpected. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, love that. So we'll see the next round of the tournament. Hopefully that kicks that uh, continues on this Wednesday. Um, but after this, it was the segment for the new faction. Officially now, they are a faction. This team that we saw at the end of last week's show on uh, Dynamite. It, um, it it ended with, you know, Chris Jericho, uh, Sammy Guevara. Uh, you had the old uh, LAX team. Oh, what are those guys' names? It's... Um, I have it here, Santana and Ortiz, yep. and then Jack, uh, Hake, uh, Jake, sorry, Jake Hager. Um, so, yeah, this this and Sammy Guevara, yeah. Sammy Guevara, yep, yep. So they all came out together. Um, Chris Jericho had a promo just kind of going one by one through all of the, the different uh, members of the team. 
And then he, he named them. He said, you know, people have been asking, oh, you know, are you guys going to be a team? Do you guys have a name? He's like, yes, we do. We are the inner circle. So they are officially known <laughs> as the inner circle. Um, so what do you think of, of this, this name for this faction? The fact that they are a faction? Like, what are your thoughts? I thought this was another great intro from Chris Jericho using his star power, using, you know, his veteran knowledge of setting a new stable and making new stars right away. You know, I love I love how he talked about. All right. He's going to explain who we are and what we do. And he broke down every wrestler like how Triple H did with evolution, Mm -hmm. you know. Exactly how he did that. He did it, you know, Chris Jericho way. He went on over to Sammy Guevara and called him like, look at this. He's like, look at this sexy beast. He's like, he's a, <laughs> a Spanish god. <laughs> 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 and Sammy, Sammy Guevara just, you know, opened up a shirt showing off his uh, six pack. It was gr- it was great. You know, talking about Santana Ortiz, you know, they're dirtier uh, as they've ever been. You know, just vicious pet bulls. And he went over to Jake Hager. You know, he just had this dead, like, this serious look. He didn't blink. He just, he was just all about business, man. He was like, man, forget all that WWE shit. And when the crowd was saying, we the people, oh, my God. Yeah. Chris Jericho is a genius. Because I knew that was a shoot right there. Mm-hmm. Because he, 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 he literally killed that chant. Yep. Killed it. Killed it. He said it's stupid and buried. It's a stupid idea from bad creative. It's done. <laughs> like, oh my God. Dude, I was great. And then the crowd just started chanting AEW. They yes. loved it. They ate yes. it. Up. It was great. It oh was my great. God, man. Yes. Chris Jericho was just on 10. He was amazing, man. He was just a, a composer, just out there, just. Working the crowd flawlessly, man. So I, I, I enjoyed this segment. I enjoyed this uh, new faction, and I and I can't wait to get a shirt, man. Because that's a, I think that's a good name. He said how he broke it down. You know, they're my inner circle. We are the inner circle. So totally uh, uh, is with this new faction. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every part of the the promo that Chris Jericho said. Like you said, just going through each member of the team, just putting everybody over. Uh, the part with, with We the People and just shutting that down immediately was great. And that's dead now. The way that he just shut oh, that yeah. down. No way that the crowd ate it up. They're going to say that no. shit again. No, it's <laughs> over. That That is dead. So that was great. Um, loved that. And then he even went on to talk about Cody and his family and just saying, I, did, I never liked Dusty. Um, he, he was an idiot too. Like called him a stupid idiot, and yes. you know, oh just, my god, destroying all of them and saying, "Yeah, Dustin, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna kick his ass too tonight. So I'm gonna <laughs> kick your ass at the next pay per view." Uh, it was it was awesome, man. Like you said, Jericho was just on point. Uh, just the promo work was awesome. I mean, it's Chris Jericho. We we is it? It is. We can't really expect anything less from him on the mic yeah. in the ring. You know, even his skill set. Like he doesn't even need to wrestle in order to really be over. He could just do this stuff on the mic. And, and be fine. But, you know, his wrestling, too, is, is, is still very entertaining. But, man, when he's on the mic, like, it, it's hard to touch him. I don't know who you put that right now in wrestling today yeah. on the mic. It's hard to compete with with him, with anybody that's active currently. That's definitely true, man, because that dude was money, especially when he ad-libbed that, uh, about that we the people. And yeah. he was like, oh, you know what? All right, we're like, stop it. Wait a second. Wait a second. He was like, you know, we're going to end that chant. It's bad creative. Uh, you know, it, it, it was just stupid. He said it's stupid. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, he just, <laughs> he just immediately killed it, man. And people yep. and the fans were just laughing and clapping, just agreeing. He was like, Yeah, that shit is stupid when you when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's also another kind of subtle thing that he threw in there, which was kind of funny. Uh, when he talked about I think he started it with uh Sammy Guevara. You know, he like you said, he called him a sexy beast, a Spanish god. And he said, that's why he's on the list. And everyone oh, lost it there because yes. the whole list thing from WWE. Yeah. So he kept that and kind of did it in a different way because the list usually was a bad thing where, you know, yeah. if you made the list, you know, it's like <laughs> on a shit list basically. But here, you know, he's kind of turning it into like you're on the list for the inner circle basically, you know, with, with him being able to see the talent that you have. So I was like, okay, cool. that's cool. But the fan, of course, this, these are – you know, this is a smart crowd, you know, people who are really devoted to wrestling. So yeah. they know 
where that's from, what the reference is. So it was a nice little uh, thing, like a thing from Jericho for fans that have been following him to, to throw out the list in that way. I thought that was really cool. So I yeah. enjoyed that a lot. I thought also it was, you know, I, I already knew this, but even commentary talked about, like, you got to even give it to Jericho, man. He just know how to re- constantly reinvent himself all mm-hmm. the time. You know, he he went to constant uh, character changes, you know. The one, even from, what was it, 2008, he was just that all-business and suit dude. He was just straight heel, mm-hmm. uh, all serious, always came out with a with a serious look, you know, and then, man, he came out with the list and then so on. So, yeah, man, here we go with this new Jericho. Uh, you got it with the Judas effect and all that. So, yeah, man, I'm all for it. 100%, man. It was great. Um, yeah, so that that's basically caps it off. This wouldn't be the last that we will see we would see of Chris Jericho on this night. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But moving forward, now we had a matchup which basically was going to decide who a, a number one contender would be for Chris Jericho's title for next week's or this coming Wednesday's show. Uh, someone between one of these two guys, between Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen, yes. would get an opportunity to go against Jericho for AEW's World Championship. And so they had a matchup. Which this matchup, you know, was was a lot of fun too. Um, two guys who, you know, real fan favorites for sure for yeah. their hardcore yeah. style, risk taking style. Um, you know, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Jimmy Havoc's been around for a long time, and just you know his whole entrance with the mask and the the big coat and everything, like real dark, mysterious character who's just crazy, you know, just batshit crazy. Um, putting or letting people put thumbtacks in his mouth and taping his mouth shut. Like, who does that? So, you know, he's just nuts. And then Darby Allen, man, they said it on commentary, just one of the fastest rising stars right now in, in wrestling, period. Like, people, I did not know who he was prior to AEW. I got to be honest. And seeing him go against Cody Rhodes, that kind yeah. of, you know, opened my eyes to who he is. Same here. Yeah, like, you've gone so far, and I agree with you to say that he could be a future face of this company, just the way that, you know, he's – He's coming off right now, how the fans are gravitating toward him. Um, And I couldn't agree more. So, you know, this matchup was real nice to see. Um, Overall, like I said, really, really nice match. They didn't really get to go into the hardcore side of things. It actually was was just a standard match, but they still did somewhat hardcore, uh, especially with Jimmy Havoc when he was just biting on – Darby Allen's uh, what was it his his hand sometimes when yeah, he had him yeah. in a they you know, wrist or something like that yeah. yeah they did they, they did both, like bit each other's hands and there was a little bit of like joint manipulation from Jimmy Havoc uh, from yeah. here and there um, you know but yeah overall like you said standard matchup um, but real fun to watch um, when it was all said and done Darby Allen pulled out the victory with the coffin <laughs> drop. Which Man. I was shocked to see him actually hit it. <laughs> to this day, he had not hit that move once. It's like a suicide, basically move, a kamikaze move. Anytime he does it, like you know, it's all or nothing. And up to this point, it was nothing. He would never hit it. He would take himself out. But finally, he hit it, and it was great, man. It was a, it was actually a very beautiful move. It's so simple, but it looks great when he does it. And just the height that he got on this move too, when he did it uh, to to Jimmy Havoc, I was like, wow, man, like. It's just a really cool, simple move, but it looks it great. It is, man. He's yeah. basically just doing uh he just what he got his back towards him when he's jumping. Mm-hmm. Uh and then he definitely got some air on that move too in the coffin drop. And I was, did. I was just excited that he hit it, man. I, yeah. I got up and I was like, Oh my god, he actually hit it. You mm-hmm. know, because I'm like, cause I thought he'll I thought, you know, it might be a chance if he can hit it. During that hard, hardcore match and uh, what was it, the uh, all out, or all, yeah. yeah, the all out uh, event when he had that barrel, that, that barrel match and that crap barrel, barrel, barrel. He had that yeah. barrel behind him, he went for the coffin drop, completely whiffed on it, but it was a great visual because it just it was. It it exploded everywhere. <laughs> it did. Oh, yeah, man. Man, it just imploded everywhere. But here it was still great. Dead center in the ring, got him. Jimmy Havoc, one, two, three. Man, now he's going to go next week against Chris Jericho, which should be a fun match. That's going to be fun. I, I can't wait. And I, this would not be the last we would see of Darby Allen either. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in this breakdown. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, he, they, he did have one more appearance, so we'll get into that. Um, but then we had a women's tag team matchup between B. Prisley, Emmy Sakura, uh, Riho, uh, and they went against Riho and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, Got to get all that in there. She earned it. 
So uh, <laughs> <laughs> she did. Hey, man, you become a doctor. Yeah, you do that, man. I'm going to give That's you that right. respect. Um, yeah, this matchup. So uh, we were very critical of the, the women's matchup that they had last week. Um, yeah. Just the, the logic there and the booking there. Um, and this week, you know, I would just want to kind of follow up on that, because especially with Riho, the women's champion, being in this matchup, just to 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 go into it. So um, first thing I'll say is, uh, let's see, what's her name again? Emi Sakura. I actually think she was kind of the star of this matchup, to be honest with you. She was working real hard to get the crowd involved, and she's a very unique character. She I've was. never seen her before. Um, uh, she was kind of doing it. She was a veteran, though, man. She's that's what they kept saying on commentary. And I could see, I mean, she's, she's a little bit older, yeah. but she still got it. You know, just oh, like yeah. her, her, her way to try to connect with the crowd. I could tell she was not shy at all about trying to get people involved. So you could see that veteran side of her there. Um, she tried to do the, we will rock you, you know, things to get everybody involved. <laughs> she was singing at one point. I'm like, this, she's just crazy. Like she's all over the place, but I kind of like it. So I just wanted to give her a little bit of love and respect. I don't know if she's, you know, officially on the roster like full time or whatever, but it was kind of a treat seeing seeing what she had to, what she brought to the table, and I really respected it. Um, so I just wanted to give her a little bit of love and shout out here. Um, Riho, I think she looked a lot better in this matchup than she did in the championship matchup. Uh, it made a lot more sense, you know. Again, logically, just the the moves that she was pulling on her opponents, B. Prisley and Emi Sakura, uh, just you know, size wise. You know, it, it just it was a better matchup. Um, the foot stomps that she would do, I thought she it just landed them better. Um, just her attacks, it just felt like the impact was was just it made more sense here. Yeah. So I enjoyed her more in this one. Um, you know, and then the other two, uh, uh, B Priestley and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, like, you know, solid overall. Not great, you know, in my opinion, yeah, either one of them, but just solid overall performance. Um, the other two, Riho and Emi Soccer, I thought were more the standouts in this matchup. Um, I am wanting to see more of uh, Dr. Britt Baker because I think from a from a name standpoint, she is probably the one that the AEW crowd is probably most excited to see, get more time and hear more from. Yeah. Uh, so and, you know, obviously the Adam Cole connection, like, you know, there's 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 some interest, genuine interest in her. So I want to see more of her. But I think. You know, for this matchup, it was just kind of like it was cool to see her in the ring, but I feel like the standouts for sure were Riho and Emi Sakura. Yeah, man, I definitely agree with that. I think that's what you know how I perceived it as well. But she did get some love last week. You know, they did. She even though she wasn't in the ring, but they gave her color commentary role. You know, which is still you know when you look at it, still television time when you think about it. So it's still good for her. Yeah. get noticed to, you know, casual fans, people who are just not familiar with her at all. So, you know, once again, I think, you know, they are shining some light on her as well. And did they set up a match, too, for next week for them? Is Rio against uh, Dr. Britt Baker? Hmm. You know, I didn't hear that because at the end of the match. That. Maybe I don't remember. I didn't jot that down, but I could have swore I, I heard that, though. I'll have to look into it because from from what it looked like, it looked like actually that B. Prisley and Dr. Britt Baker was were going to go at, at it next because there was a post-match scuffle between the two of them, and Rio went in the ring yep. to kind of help split it up, and she was pulling Dr. Dr. Britt Baker away to you know keep her from, which that was seemed kind of weird, too, that she was trying to, the champion is sitting there trying to hold her back, and, you know, I, I don't know. It, like, <laughs> these are all your competitors, so I, yeah. it, it seemed a little bit awkward for me for some reason, that, that part there. But, um, yeah, I'll have to look into it to see if that's going to be the matchup between uh, Dr. Britt Baker and uh, Riho. Um, now, overall, I, I still will say, and and maybe, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this when we do our uh, Wednesday Night Wars kind of comparison between the two yeah. brands with NXT and AEW. Uh-huh. But the women's division overall on AEW, I still feel like it still needs some work. Like, I was just about still, to ask you that. Like, like where yeah. do you stand with the AEW like women's division. Do you feel like they, sh- you know, they get enough time? Um, I don't know that it's time necessarily because this matchup felt like they got a decent amount of time. And I actually feel like it, it was just one match for women though, when you think about it. So, so that part of it, maybe having another matchup, you know, on a two hour show for women would, would work like, like 
and when you say it like that, yes, I think that another matchup would be good. But in a sense, too, if they're not really performing that well to the point where you're just like, oh, I want to see more, then does it make sense at this point to do that? I think more development overall. Like, like they did in that Battle Royale, though. It, but I mean, in a battle royal, it's kind of a little bit different because you have so many different, you know, characters in there at the same time that it's 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 hard for it not to be entertaining because there's so much chaos going on. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of dwindle it down to you know two people in the ring, you know, it's it's really hard if if you're not great to keep people's attention span. You know, so with this tag team matchup, I thought it felt a little bit better than the matchup before, but it still wasn't completely there. With all the love that I just gave to to Riho and Emi Sakura for what they did, I still feel like it pales in comparison to what we see, you know, in NXT and to a certain point to WWE as well. I was well. about to say that too. Hey, it, WWE as well. I mean, I think yeah. that's where, you know, the difference is between uh, the two brands uh, when you look at between WWE and AEW is the women, is the the women how they division. treat their women's division. Yeah, you know, and I I think that's an opportunity for WWE to keep on capitalizing, you know, yeah. uh, for them to if to thrive at because I think that's where their money at. But for AEW, it's definitely, uh, you know, room to grow for their women's division. I think that the way that that matchup ended with B Priestley and Doctor Britt Baker again with that scuffle, what they should do is maybe do a promo or a video package like they've been doing at the beginning of each show mm. and have their match start the yep. show, but do a video package to talk about their beef with each other and then have that be the opening for the show. Um, because the more we get like a video package for them, it'll let us get to know them a little bit better. Yeah. Get us to know their, their beef and add a, more of a story element to these matches. Cause right now the matches that they've had, they really, there is no story for the women's division. There really isn't. It's, it's Rio won the championship. That's it. Yep. So to 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 give them a storyline, an actual storyline, I think will help get the women over. Because yeah, in WWE, I mean, as much as we have issues with the storytelling sometimes, for the women, they have stories. They have stories for, you know, um all the the champions that they have and you know, I mean, obviously Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte and Becky, like they're getting their storylines. You know, and, and and same with like Shayna Baszler and now Rhea Ripley and some of these other people. So, you know, that I think is the missing element. So to come out this week or in the coming weeks, you know, sooner rather than later, hopefully, they should have, you know, a video package or a promo or something to let us get to know some of these women wrestlers more and to help set up some storylines because that's needed, I think. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree uh, with that assessment right there. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to even you know debate that because uh, I, I I enjoy WWE women's wrestling you know yeah. it's right now where is that is is at a very great spot and and you definitely notice you know right away the difference between AEW and WWE is the women's yeah yeah I mean being being real now that we're talking about this I mean I I guess I just got to admit that I think for me the the women's division women's wrestling in wwe wwe specifically nxt aside just for a second but in wwe yeah i think they have the best storylines going on and i think that that's the thing that i get the most excited about right now you know is the 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 women in terms of like becky and sasha and what they've got going on yep. and now this new thing with bailey yeah. you know storylines are the <laughs> best storylines they have and those are the ones that i'm most like this next friday on smackdown I'm most excited to see what Bailey's got going on. Oh yes, debut. Like those are the two things that I'm that I'm most excited about. When it comes to Raw, yes, the finishing up the draft, but also too, it's going to be like, okay, you know, Becky Lynch, what's next for her? Is Charlotte going to go to to Raw? But everybody else, you know, in the in the men's side, it's kind of like there's a lot of question marks, and I'm I'm I feel like I'm disappointed in what's going on. So anyway, I don't want to make this into a WWE thing, but just to say like. The women's division right now on WWE side, I feel like that is – look, Becky was the number one pick in, yeah. the, in the draft. Um, you have – in the, the cover of the video game, there's Becky and Roman. Like, it's clear. It's it's the the, the women's div- division right now, they've done a solid job with that. They did. So for, for mm-hmm. AEW, that's going to be something that, 
you know, when comparing them, you're going to you're going to look at it and say, hmm, you know, yes, with the men, you guys are doing great. But with the women, you've got the small belt on Riho that looks like a toy. It doesn't really feel like befitting of a, of a champion. You know, it's just this kind of like poorly designed belt. Um, so that kind of is a yeah. poor example of how you're representing their division. Um, you're not giving them much time. Like you mentioned, they got one match, you know, on a two hour show. Yeah. Like, I, was, I was just exactly. And that was, that was definitely a glaring thing to me. I was like, I thought maybe we get another match, but you know, we'll talk about NXT, but NXT, we had multiple women yeah. matches, yep. you know, yep. in that, in that whole, uh, NXT, uh, episode, but you know, AEW is just, and, and like you said, you know, it's not even a WWE thing, man. I'm just gonna, I'm just saying, we're just keeping the same energy how we do with WWE. If it's exactly. something we don't like, we're gonna talk about it. AEW, it's, it's, you know, something they need to improve on and work on is yep. their women's division. So I'm gonna talk about it. Yep, yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's keep moving here with uh, the next matchup on the on the show. Here it was John Moxley versus Sean Spears. Uh, big matchup here. Tully Blanchard was in the corner of Sean Spears. Yeah. And special guest on commentary. <laughs> so we kind of insinuated that there was someone here who had a who had a beef with how, you know, certain matches were getting decided. Like when we're talking about the tag teams and the, the rankings and how, oh, you have um, the private party, you know, seated a certain way. And maybe they should incorporate that in storylines. Well, Pac had an issue definitely with the number one contenders matchup that we had earlier on uh, between Darby Allen and uh, Jimmy Havoc saying, how is it that those two guys are fighting for an, an opportunity and I'm sitting here on commentary? Like, what's with that? Like, I'm undefeated here. I haven't lost. And look at how dominant I am. You know, and just just laying out facts. Yeah. For he said while. even the past two years, he was like, he's like, forget AEW. He was like, just, just wrestling, period. In the past two years, only pin, only been pinned one time. I was like, damn. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, talk more about it. Like, what, what was some other things you picked up on? What was going on in this whole situation with Pac and in general with the matchup that we saw between Sean Spears and John Moxley? Uh, I, to him, man, he just felt, you know, like he just looked bitter. <laughs> like a bitter old right man like even commentary just kind of worried about certain questions that you know they shouldn't ask or or just like you know it was just i was enjoying that man and and it made it felt real too and it was just logic you know even Pac pointed it out he was like i have better records than them i am undefeated in in aw he pointed that out you know so i like that extra element for his uh, color commentary uh, for this match. But the match itself between Sean Spears and John Mox was just physical. Physical, you know, and and I loved it. Uh, Beginning of the match, I say the entrance. I like Sean Spears' entrance. Sean Spears' entrance is legit. It is. It is. You know, say what you want. Chilling on that chair. Yeah, (laughs) that that entrance is great. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I love it. It's just... Just him chilling on the chair, and the spotlight is on him. Mm-hmm. Spotlight is on him, and then the music kicks in, and then yeah, man, he's just looking like a million bucks. But you know, the match it was just physical. One of my favorite spots was I think Sean Spears was holding John Moxley in this uh, this was it fireman carry and just kind of carried him. It was they were outside the ring and carried him and slammed him into the corner in this uh, barrier. Just a nasty looking spot, and he just fell on the mat. Kind of, kind of hit his head on the floor too, because it was real in the corner where it was kind of in a corner where the mat didn't cover the corner as well. Yeah. So it it's hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked, it looked, it looked like a very rough bump. So to me, I enjoyed this match, man. Now, yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead. yeah, yeah. But now, you know how. how well, I, I guess you'll talk about it when you you'll give your perspective. No, keep going, man. Keep going. Okay, okay. All right. So, what now? What I'm kind of curious about: where do Sean Spears goes? That I, I was that that is exactly <laughs> where I was getting ready to go to. Yeah, because it's I'm kind of confused now. 
Mm-hmm. All right. The reason why I'm confused is, you know, he, he came from a, another promotion. Mm-hmm. You know, from from WWE. Let's just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he wasn't he wasn't being as serious as he is now, but he wasn't winning matches. <laughs> you know, and now since you have this new promotion and it clearly put emphasis wins and losses matter now. Yep. I'm confused on how, why is Sean Spears 0-2 in AEW now? I mean, here's the thing. So we just talked about how much of a badass he looks in this entrance, right? right? It's kind of funny seeing a winless record by someone who's supposed to be this badass. <laughs> like, it doesn't fit, you know, unfortunately. Like, you, you, they missed an opportunity with him going against Cody and potentially having him just win that matchup. Like, I thought he should have won that. With everything that they had done, it, Cody is so over, he doesn't need that win. I think, I think Sean Spears needs that win to legitimize him. Then you have him go against John Moxley. And John Moxley has this matchup coming up with a Kenny Omega. Yeah. So again, John doesn't need this win because he already has this matchup. Sean has nothing going on for him. So to have him now, I think it was 0-2 in singles matches in, in AEW officially. Yeah. But like he has he has yet to get a singles win. So how is he a badass? Like I they I I'm just as confused as you. I'm not sure what they're doing. And again, you know, he's coming from WWE where this was a problem for him too. It was. And it seems like nothing has changed except for they're trying to make him a more serious character than what he was in WWE. So if he's more serious and more, uh, you know, apparently badass, and I I got, you know, I'm putting up quotation marks with my fingers just let everybody know. And you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that, you know, then why, you know, just win with heel tactics? Yep. You got yeah. Tony Blanchard. That, why not use him? And what's he there for if he's not helping him win? Like, he's useless. Exactly, man. Like, get out of there then. Yeah. I'm just confused. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's really no debate here for me. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. It was it's really – like, when uh, uh, John got the win, I, I was like, huh? Wait, what? What just happened? He – because there were so many ways that you could have had John lose and it'd be fine. And again, he's already got this feud with Kenny Omega. So it's not like, you know, a loss or disqualification or something, you know, would hurt, you know, John Moxley. Um, but get, you got to find a way to get Sean Spears some wins to justify his character and to help start to put him over. Because people are going to just start not taking him seriously at all. I mean, he's basically their version of like a Drew McIntyre or Samoa Joe at this point. Like he talks a big game. He hit, he did that headshot to Cody Rhodes. He has this badass entrance. Everything about him screams like, oh, this is going to be a future champion in AEW. But then he doesn't back it up in his singles matches. He has yet to win anything. <laughs> like he's, he's legit there, it's, Drew McIntyre. It's laughable, bro, because yeah. you just you just came from another promotion going through the same shit. That that's why I'm like, huh? <laughs> just like, yeah. what did you even come to AEW for, man? <laughs> they don't see him any differently than Vince McMahon, dude. Is what it's kind of starting to feel like. If this continues, it's still early. It but is. It is. It is. Man, I'm just it's saying like, you owe to, and yeah. and I'm making a point is they're saying, yes, if wins losses matter. They're talking. They talked about throughout that whole wrestling show that yeah. wins and losses matter. They even have it. In, in your graphic in the name when your name pop up on television the yep. your record's right there next to it yep they're letting you know so it, it's just all right aew you set the table just explain your hand right now that's mm-hmm. all i'm saying yeah yeah and and you know with that sean spears can't get a title match or any opportunity right he's he's winless no no so it'll be a complete joke no. if he gets any type of opportunity right. what the dude isn't want a match. Where, yeah, they hurt? even say that. I'll, yeah, well, I'll be all over that shit. You know, like, come on. Because <laughs> like you said, you set this up, so now you've got to stick to it. These are your rules, so you have to stick to it. So, yeah, they they will see what they do, man. But it, it is kind of crazy to see this happening again to Sean Spears. Um, 
Yeah. And then even he tried to do the the perfect 10 thing, you know, where he says 10 to his opponent. He did, he did that to John Moxley, immediately uh, ate the finisher and took the pin. And I'm just like, wow, okay, well, this looks familiar. Yeah. This is, yep. This is back to, back to you know, status quo, I guess, for, for, uh, for him a little bit. You know? Right, man. I'm like, maybe you should just, you know, get the big bucks with uh, WWE. WWE and still do the same thing. And yeah. he would have been on the same company with his wife and just, yep. you know. Yeah. Well, Peyton, right? Yep. Peyton, yep. Yeah. 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 To Peyton Royce. That's his wife. Yeah. They, they, they travel would have been a lot easier. You could have been, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for, for Sean Spears. Hopefully, the, they just, Justify this somehow, give him some wins, uh, build him up, and, uh, yeah, don't have him go the route of some other, quote-unquote, badasses uh, that we've seen in wrestling not live up to the hype and be all all hype and that's it. So we'll see. All right, so moving on. We are at uh, essentially the, the main event of the show. So we've got uh, Dustin Rhodes and Adam Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Um so, actually, why don't you break down this matchup for us? Tell us what you thought about the the main event here at uh, Dynamite. Uh, I enjoyed the main event. I thought it was great. Uh, it was, you know what? We, we how we said in the beginning, you know, we were just kind of used to WWE ways. So mm-hmm. when you're thinking, you're looking at the time, you're thinking, oh, they still got more time before you see a finish. But the match kind of ended. I want to say at least eight eight minutes before the show went off air. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, that's when we just had that big brawl. But anyways, I thought the match was fun. I love uh uh the natural. Yeah. He was he, he was still got it. He, he 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 still got it, man. I don't know how, but he does. He yeah, that he, top rope uh like back or was it? Uh, I don't know how you even call it, but he went up to the top rope and did a splash. But it was like his be- his back was to everybody, yeah. And then he kind of turns around in midair and does that splash. Man, I was like, gosh, this man. I don't know how old he is right now, but he's still going up to the top rope and putting his body on the line like that. Man, mm-hmm. kudos to him. Yeah, man. As he, like he still had it. I thought Chris Jericho set the tone with his new faction, having mm-hmm. Jake Hager uh, being that extra element. He's looked like a total beast, bro. Like it's crazy how you know another promotion can can you know and you come with a new look can just you can have this new outlook now like how I we talk about Drew McIntyre yep you know how he just reinvent himself same thing we're we're seeing now with Jack with or not Jack but Jake Hager mm-hmm. this dude is like a total like enforcer of the group just badass you don't want to mess with him and I thought it was great man. I think this is going to be best for Sammy Guevara. To oh, be honest with you, yes, he he. I think is a guy that he you can see the talent, but he's just so perfect for a faction to where they can just have him get the rub from Chris Jericho. He's teaming with Chris Jericho immediately, and you know he's putting him over. But he's that young up and coming guy. It's kind of like when The Rock was with um, uh, Farouk in the Nation. You know, you've got this like young, <laughs> hungry, super talented guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got the look and everything. He's cocky as hell. Now watch him over the next couple of months. You know, if he can, you know, continue to build on this and maybe uh, uh, build some wins and garner some respect from yeah. the crowd, there could be kind of a little bit of a power struggle between the two of them. For I, think, the I think that'll be too soon, man. They, they'll do oh, that. No, no, no. It's not going to be for a while. It's not going to be for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, yeah. You you have to slow burn on this one for sure because Sammy is still, for the most part, to a, a nat- to the national audience, very green and very new, and so you know it won't happen immediately. But he does have the feel of a guy that has that potential. I mean, even on a smaller scale, because The Rock, that's 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 a big you know mountain to climb right there. But let's take a guy like uh, Buff Bagwell when he was in the NWO, like. That's a guy that when he first was in the NWO, okay, you know, Buff Bagwell, he's just, you know, very ripped up, you know, uh, charismatic kind of guy, but, you know, nothing nothing too special. But as time goes on, he kind of becomes a fan favorite that maybe, you know, you could catch Hogan or some of these other guys being like, all right, like what's going on? He's getting a little too big for for his britches or whatever. Like let's try to humble him and kick him out of the NWO or whatever, you know, right. so – I could see something like that happening with the with the Sammy Guevara because again the talent is there. He's got the look. You know, if he works on the mic work, 
he could yeah. have it all. So I just see that potential for him in a group like this. You know, it's like Randy Orton kind of had a similar thing in, in evolution. Um, so we'll see. He's got the tools, but we'll see. Yeah, man. I, I thought I, I think Sammy Guevara definitely has it, you know, the future. Like how how, you know, we we'll talk about the past, how, how you did with uh the evolution when WWE uh in WWE when Triple H was talking about Randy Orton. I remember that promo and Randy oh, Orton was so young and mm-hmm. talking about how he is a diamond in the rough. And, yep. and look at him now, man. You know, with the whole evolution, he you know, uh the legend killer, you know. Yep. And look at him now, man, bro. Uh now and now you got Sammy Guevara. I think he can get that same rub. Yeah, I, I just I see it. And even there's like the panda thing that he used to wear, like he's already dropped that. He's got just the jacket with the hood and just like yeah. trying to just streamline his whole character. Man, I, I see them working on him. They're they're really trying to build this new star in this kid. And we talk about it all the time with WWE, like building stars. It seems like they don't really work on that now. And AEW is making it a point to try to turn him into a star in a very smart way. You put him in a faction, you put him under Chris Jericho's wing. Un- yes. Chris Jericho? Unbelievable. <laughs> like that is perfect for him to just be under him I and know. just riding along with him. And oh my God, it's so perfect. Just to soak, um, soak all that up, all that knowledge, man, yeah. and just see what he can just fine tune. Tune into what what it could whatever it could be, man. MJF is under Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara is under Chris Jericho. <laughs> wow. Like they are just oh, laying this out. It's man. just so like perfect yeah. and straightforward. Like yeah. WWE, just take notes. Like, this yeah. is a great way to build new stars. Yeah, man. Speaking of MJF, man, let's talk about that, man. What happened after the match, man? Oh, go for it, man. Go yeah. for it. That's your that's your boy. Oh, I mean, I man. love you too, so, but man. we had this huge brawl and you got Basically, uh, oh, hold on, hold on. The huge brawl breaks out, and Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, they're all jumping on Dustin, Dustin Rose. All of a sudden, the lights go out, and lights appear. Cody Rose comes out, you know, laying waste, gets uh, Sammy Guevara with his finisher. Then he proceeds to Chris Jericho, and then I believe who comes out? Santana and Ortiz comes out. And then it was it was just a, a crazy affair, man. Everybody then uh, Young Bucks came out. Bucks, uh, yeah. They came out super kicking Ortiz and Santana, and then and Chris Jericho the elite basically. Yeah, yeah, the elite man. And then uh, you know you think Chris Jericho was like, shit, I gotta get out of here. So he starts <laughs> he's grabbing championship. <laughs> uh, he starts making way heading up the ramp, and out of nowhere, man, you got Darby oh, Allen coming skateboarding down I'm the ramp. Well, like. Thousand like a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> it was so funny. It was man. It, it, it was just out of nowhere, man. He starts laying waste, man. It was just nuts. Yep. Oh man, and he used the skateboard, hit it over Chris Jericho's back. It was just great. Yeah, and then uh, Chris Jericho gets on the mic. You know, Darby Allen, you stupid son of a bitch. I'll see you next week. <laughs> just like just cursing him out, cursing out Cody Rhodes. Just all that. I'm going to beat your ass and blah, blah, blah. He just, he just kept going, man. Chris Jericho was great on the mic. Um, I, I would be remiss if we skipped on uh, Hangman out of page in this, man, because we really oh, didn't yeah. talk about him much here. Um, I think every week that I see him, he started to grow on me more and more, to be honest with you. Um, I like the fact that he lost to Chris Jericho again and that he's kind of got this, like, redemption uh, road that he's on to try to get back up there. And you can feel that AEW really does see him as a future champion, as one of their up-and-coming stars. He's got the pyro. You know, he's in the main event still with Chris Jericho. Like, they're they're really trying to continue to, to, to build him up. And I think it's it's good. So, um, you know, his in-ring work is actually great. It is. You know, he, it is. It's, dude, I, he, he's a fantastic wrestler. Man, he's just the, the wrestler, athleticism, man. you know, yeah. flipping over the ropes and doing that clothesline that he does. Just the the uh, moon salts that he does to the outside, like just great spots, man, left and right. Like he's he's got the tools. I can see it. It's just for him too. I think just knowing more about him as a person, more promos. I think we just need need him need to see more of him do that. Um, just have him connect with the crowd more. I think is what he needs. And um, he and Jack Jake Hager, um, I think are going to have something going on because uh, Jake Hager actually took him out. He did like a just a shoulder tackle to him. To, on the outside that took him out. Yep. And that caused the the momentary 
uh, distraction or whatever that that gave Jericho the opportunity to hit the Judas effect on Dustin and get the pin. So his team won. Um, and a- afterwards, during that brawl, in the midst of all that, they had uh, or Adam Page got a chair, threw it in Jake Hager's face and was kind of brawling with him. And he, and he took him out of the, the arena. So they just kept brawling to the back. Um, so that happened. So I just wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out. Um, also, too, with MJF. Uh, yeah, cool moment, too, where oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Chair, yeah. So uh, Cody was already in the ring and he was getting jumped. And here comes MJF with the chair. But Jericho and his and the inner circle were kind of all there crowded around uh, uh, Cody. And they pick up uh, Cody and face Cody towards MJF, who's holding the chair, kind of telling him, hey, why don't you go ahead and hit Cody? So it was another tease for MJF potentially to turn on Cody. And in this moment, I, you, we all know this is this is going to happen. At some <laughs> point, this, MJF is going to turn. Why, why do you think this is going to happen, man? It's why can nobody Why nobody can accept that he is legit his best friend? I'm, I'm on that train. I'm sorry. I'm on MJF's side. MJF is his best friend. He, he showed his loyalty. He loves that man. He gave him a shot in AEW to shine. He is the future face of AEW. Because at his core... MJF believes in all of his heart that he's better than you and you know it. And that includes Cody. I don't like he, this is all calculated. He's going to be friends with Cody for as long as it benefits him. And when it benefits him by betraying Cody, he'll do that too, because he just believes that he's the best period. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I love the constant teasing of it. Like I just hate when you're before. right, though. <laughs> I'll admit but you're right. Dude, I it's going it. to be a great story. It's going to be a great story. And the slow burn of it is like, it's perfect. Because they're going to get people bought in. Like, oh, he's not going to do it. He's not going to turn on him. But just his character. And it, you know what I also love, too? He's he's sticking to what made him like popular. Like, he's this the heel promos and just being just a jerk he has changed nothing he has stuck to who he is yeah yet it works either as a as a heel or as a face last week um he wrestled as a as a heel as a pure heel this week he's coming out saving cody rhodes and he looks like a face and everyone's cheering him when he hits eventually he turned on on the inner circle and hit them all with chairs and people were loving that and eating that up and he's like getting the crowd piped up and saying yeah come on like but it he's just still MJF at the end of the day because I like uh, that that subtle uh, view right there when I think Matt Jackson was trying to help him up and he just, he just kind of yanked his arm away like his arm away, yeah. don't touch me. right right I don't need no help so right that's still right. you know that's still him down to his core right but it's just like again I think that is just a, a great example of when something is working you don't just like change a person's character completely. Because let's say, you know, the crowd is behind him. Then all of a sudden he starts changing his character and he's like, oh, yeah, and fans, I'm doing this for you and blah, blah, blah. Like now he's lame, you know, and then you get the Miz where now he's just lost what was what, what made him cool in the first place. Like you got to stick you got to stick to your guns and keep that attitude because that's why people fell in love with you in the first place. So for for MJF to stick to what he's doing, regardless, like even let's say they, the fans really start to cheer him more and more. Like, I think he should just stick to the whole, I'm better than you and you know, it kind of thing. And just like talk crap to the fans still. And they'll love it. They'll probably, you know, he's still going to do that. There's some heels that'll be like, you know, you're all idiots. And then the fans will go, we are idiots. Like they'll start chanting that stuff because they're just having fun with the, this wrestler's charisma and what he's saying. So yeah, it's, it's great. I, I just, I love that whole sticking to your guns type of mentality that they have with with his character and in general with characters overall that I've seen so far. Oh yeah, man, uh, I'm definitely ex- excited about MJF because he's one of those rare breeds that uh, that that I enjoyed. That even showed it during uh, the podcast when he was getting interviewed on that he, he still he still sticks to his character. You know, he'll break it here and there, but he's he still that's MJF all the way, and that's what I love about it. Yep. Yeah, man. So great ending to this to the show overall. Um, you know, and just overall, just a solid, solid show that they it put was. on. I enjoyed it. In in my opinion, better episode this week than they had last week. Um, so hopefully that trend keeps going, man, and it just keeps getting better and better. 
Um, any final thoughts on AEW before we call it here? I thought it was a great show. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it from top to bottom. My only nitpick was even though the women got you know got a chance to shine, I thought they could have used another match in here. Yeah, for me, the inner circle, it's great to have factions be such a big part of AEW, so I'm really excited about that. I'm um, excited for Darby Allen getting this shot this week at the AEW Championship. I mean, I'm expecting Jericho to retain by heel tactics or whatever it's going to be, disqualification. I don't know how they're going to do that, time limit or whatever, but it'll be fun. It's great to see them building stars with Darby Allen, with Sammy Guevara, with MJF and the ways that they're doing. Uh, the tag team division, wow, just you know, great opening, great way to start off the whole show, um, you know, just putting over a private party in the way that they did. Um, I think that's awesome. So, yeah, just great, great overall momentum uh, going into this next week on on uh, uh, AEW Dynamite. I can't wait for this Wednesday to see, see the next episode and see what's to come. So that will do it for this edition of our AEW uh, wrap up. Uh, we will keep it going here with NXT in a little bit. But for now, that's going to do it. So for Devin, this is a feast. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.